from ThrillerFix.com. It's the Thriller Fix Book Podcast, a show about mysteries, thrillers, authors, and the stories behind the stories they wrote. Honestly, the twists and turns of the plot sometimes are a surprise to me as I'm writing. So when I started the book, it was a pretty straightforward blackmail kind of plot and the police figuring it out. And as I wrote and sort of came to understand the characters more deeply and what motivated them and you know what's in their past, I started playing with some possibilities like, would this be too crazy if, and I feel like a lot of the time when I'm writing, it's like a game of what if. And as a writer, you know, you've seen so many other writers writing these great books and pulling off these great twists. And you always think, could I do that? <laughs> like, what if, what if I step out on a limb and do that? Welcome to the Thriller Fix Book Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and my guest for this episode is acclaimed bestseller Hillary Davidson. Hillary's a Toronto native who moved to New York in October of 2001. She got her start as a travel journalist. She has 18 non-fictions, a standalone thriller, and two fictional series to her name, and her works include numerous bestsellers. She's currently writing the Detective Sharon Sterling series, which she began with last year's One Small Sacrifice. Detective Sterling is back in this year's Don't Look Down, and it's an incredible thriller that's going to keep you on the edge of your seat. Hillary, thank you so much for joining the Thriller Fix Book Podcast. I am so excited to have you here and to get to talk to you again. It's an honor as always. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad you're having me back to talk. Thank you so much. (laughs) For readers who haven't already picked up a copy of your most recent release, Don't Look Down, what do you want them to know about this story? Um, It is a blackmail story that begins with a bang. It's um, about a young entrepreneur who's being blackmailed um, about her, her sort of very disturbing past. And as the book begins, she doesn't know who's been blackmailing her, but has a a violent um, encounter when she's attempting to pay her blackmailer off. And the rest of the book basically alternates between this woman, Joe Griever's perspective, and the perspective of the police who are investigating her. So from the point of view of the reader, you actually see the crime at the beginning of the book happen. You see Joe Griever Mm -hmm. shoot this man, um, you know, accidentally leave the money behind, run out of the building, (laughs) down the fire escape. And you see Mm -hmm. the police investigating. And as the reader at the beginning of the book, you actually feel very smart. Like, well, I know what's going on. How long will it take them to crack the case? But about a third of the way through the book, everything is turned on its head. And so this is one of those books where, um, you know, just check your expectations, I guess, um, at the door. (laughs) It will play with your mind. It does play fair with the reader, but you certainly are going to have your perceptions challenged when you're reading it. Now, as, as you mentioned, this absolutely does start with a bang, and the twists in the story are so uh, well-crafted. Uh, what inspired you to put this together and to construct it in this way? Well, it is very kind of you to say that, and I always joke about it breaking my brain, because when I start writing a book, <laughs> I, well, I know the characters, and so I had a really yes. strong sense of the two primary characters. So Joe Griever, the um, young entrepreneur who's being blackmailed, and Sharon Sterling, who's the NYPD detective, who's sort of the lead detective on the case. And so I know those two characters and sort of how they think and how they would react to things and what they would do in any circumstance. But honestly, the twist and turns of the plot sometimes are a surprise to me as I'm writing. So when I started the book, it was a pretty straightforward blackmail kind of plot and the police Mm -hmm. figuring it out. And as I wrote and sort of um, 
came to understand the characters more deeply and what motivated them and, you know, what's in their past, I started playing with some possibilities. Like, would this be too crazy if, and I feel like a lot of the time when I'm writing, it's like a game of what if, and as mm-hmm. a writer, you know, you've seen so many other writers writing these great books and pulling off these great twists. And you always think, you know, could I do that? <laughs> like, what if, what if yes. I step out on a limb and do that? And so in the end, I, I had certain rules. And one of them is that I always play fair with the reader. Like the reader mm-hmm. gets to see all of these things. They don't have all the information, but they see everything play out. Um, but I just thought, like, how how far can I sort of push this Um, this envelope. And so, you know, you're dealing with a lot of issues that I think we're grappling now with, um, such as, you know, internet kind of identity theft, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the idea of how much information people put out there about themselves on social media, and how that can be used against them, and sort of all of these things that I think people are still grappling with um, in the digital age, and that we don't necessarily have conventions around. So all of that kind of came together for a good old-fashioned story of blackmail and murder. If my count is right, this is the second time you've featured Detective Sharon Sterling, and I'm hoping that we can expect to see her around for quite a while. She is such a fantastic character. I am so glad you say that. I absolutely hope that she'll be um, around for some time to come as well. She is a lot of fun to write. She is such um, a dedicated Um, determined character. I mean, you know, it was a question someone asked me, which was sort of, if anything ever happened to me, who would I want investigating? And really, it would be Detective Sharon Sterling. Um, She is a tough cop, but she is someone also who's very empathetic. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons that the case becomes so interesting is that she's not just able to think about the victim, but she is really interested in what motivates the person who committed the crime as well. And so, you know, from her perspective, you know, she's called to a crime scene, there's a dead body there. All the evidence is pointing to this one woman. And quite honestly, the reader has seen this woman shoot the guy too. So everything just Mm -hmm. looks so simple. And, um, but there are a couple of details that don't fit. And Sharon Sterling is not someone who's willing to let go of that, who will just let things slide. She can't let things slide. She's completely um, like honest and, she, you know, she wouldn't be able to sleep if she didn't kind of follow like every everything and make sure every T was crossed and every I was dotted. And it leads her to something that's just far more sinister even than it looked like at the outset of the book when you think you're dealing with just a, a kind of a straightforward murder. On the note of her personality and her traits as an investigator, as a retired cop, I would absolutely want a partner, and I wanted partners like Sharon Sterling. So that really leads me to believe, as as well as you've crafted her character, that you had to have done a lot of research, spent a lot of time with cops to get her character right. Yeah, it, it's one of the funny things. I always feel a little um, funny talking about it because I do have um, friends who are cops who they'll tell me things and they'll, you know, they'll say, do not tell anyone I told you that. <laughs> or, you know, they'll, they'll give me access to things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, anyone these days, we all see forensics on television. There are books about forensics. If it were just about sort of how cops investigate a case, I, I really mm-hmm. think anybody could sort of, okay, you, you know how this works, you could just do that. But the way that cops sort of interact with each other, the way that they think, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's so much of that that you don't get unless you spend time 
with people. And so even the sort of um, sort of like difficult aspects for Sharon, because she's an African-American woman and, you know, she's a dedicated cop. But at the same time, her teenage son also at the beginning of the book has a run in with a cop when he's at a protest. Mm -hmm. And so even things like that, like that came out of a story that somebody told me and, you know, told in confidence, they certainly don't want the actual story being talked about, but it made me think about how complicated life is for, you know, really for every cop on some level or another where, you know, they are dealing you know, with these issues. They're grappling with these issues as well. And in some cases they're being told to do things by higher ups that they don't necessarily believe in or want to do. So it, it's a really, um, the kind of a modern policing is like just a fascinating subject itself. And you mentioned the earlier book, One Small Sacrifice. When I wrote that book, I wasn't um, intending to write a police procedural, but just the character of Sharon Sterling really came to life. Oh. And it was actually my editor, when she read it, she said, you know, this needs to be a series. And so it's, it's kind of funny, just I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these years of sort of stories that I've heard, time I've spent with people, um, it's all paid off to really bring this character to life. Yeah, and that's something that I've, I've found to be true in, in writing and uh, the music industry as well, I think, is that it takes about a decade of blood, sweat, and tears to become an overnight success. And, <laughs> right. And, you know, you know, I've also heard that uh, in writing that your first million words are, are practice for something as complex as an ethical and just cop who can still get along with other cops and still get the job done. It's a very complicated person to write, um, and there's a lot of layers to that onion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was sort of furthered by, I guess, the complication in this book that uh, there aren't really spoilers about the first story, One Small Sacrifice, but Mm -hmm. one thing is that her partner was injured in that case, and he's back on the job in the new book, Don't Look Down, but he's back on the job and he's injured, and, um, you know, Sharon and her NYPD partner, Rafael Mendoza, are both really good people. And in this book, you see things from both of their perspectives as they're investigating the case. But he's come back to work um, while he's sort of not um, sort of he's not at 100 percent. He's still using a cane to walk. He has headaches. He has a ringing in his ears. He's a very sharp person, and he certainly has a lot to add to the case. But there's a kind of frustration that Sharon feels where, you know, the the body is on the fourth floor of a walk-up, and it takes him an awfully long time walking up and down all those stairs, Mm -hmm. and then across the street, walking up and down stairs to interview witnesses and doing all of that. And there's a sense of, like, you know, holding her back. And on his side... Mm -hmm. You know, he's a cop who doesn't want to let down other cops, which is why he doesn't want to do desk duty. And so you you end up seeing these conflicts um, from both sides. And in this case, it's not even like there's one right way to look at it. It's just like the reader actually gets to understand where the most important characters in the book, where they're coming from. What are, I guess, rather, who are some of your personal inspirations, the the mentors who guided you, or maybe the writers you first aspired to emulate? Oh my goodness, it goes back a long ways. If I were to talk about writers who've really inspired me, um, you know, Sarah Paretsky would definitely be one of them. Um, she writes the V.I. Warshawski private detective series. I always loved Robert B. Parker's Spencer novels, um, mm-hmm. Walter Mosley's Easy Rollins novels. Um, there's just so much stuff that I grew up reading and 
um, that I just love. And actually, on a personal note, um, one of the amazing things when you become a writer is sometimes you get to meet some of your idols. And so I met Sarah Peresky several years ago wow. and have stayed in touch with her. She was kind enough to blurb my last book. Um, she oh, is, she's fantastic. just been one of the most amazing, supportive people that you could imagine. Um, so it's, it's sort of funny because she definitely inspired me, um, in terms of the writing, in terms of bringing a character to life and the mm -hmm. details, um, sort of that you need to do that, the way that you, you sort of breathe life into a character, but then she has also been a tremendously uh, just supportive human being, and she is wonderfully supportive of other writers. You know, and that is so wonderful when it works out like that. You know, the the expression "you're never supposed to meet your heroes." You know, it's always such a dangerous thing. But you know, the writing community is so overwhelmingly helpful yeah. that it's it's very disarming, um, and it's almost felt a little bit suspicious to me at first as a cop. I'm like, wait. You guys want to help me, but we're kind of competitors here. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's a good point. Actually, you know Harlan Coben is another person who's just been, yes. uh, yeah. you know, he's an amazing writer and an amazing human being. And I always think back though to the first time that I met him, which was at VoucherCon, which is a big crime fiction convention mm -hmm. that happens every year. And it was late at night in the bar, and just sat down at the table that I was at, and he was saying, "Oh, I've lost my voice already. This is so terrible." And I said, "Hey, oh, hey, I've got these great long." Lozenges that you know really help, and he's like, "Really?" and you know, puts out his hand and takes one. And I was just laughing because you think of what this guy writes, you know, and all of these what amazing stories, but of you mm -hmm. know, sort of people, you know, innocent people being pulled into some, you know, yes. something no fault of their own. And I just thought, you know, here he is taking a lozenge from a strange woman he's never met before in a bar at like <laughs> two in the morning in St. Louis, and you know, it was great. But he's he's another wonderfully supportive um, writer, you know, terrifically talented, but then also really generous. It's funny because um, one of my heroes when I was um, a kid reading was Lois Duncan. And mm -hmm. I just loved her books as a kid. And she was honored by the Mystery Writers of America Society a few years ago as a grandmaster. And I was lucky enough to be chosen to present her with the award and to make a speech about her career. And it just remains one of the um, highlights of my life. She was just a tremendous writer um she also she lost um, one of her kids in a crime oh, no. and she wrote about that and you know gave voice to victims and you know so it's funny because i've heard that saying too about not mm -hmm. meeting your idols and i don't know in the crime fiction world i will say that that has not held up people have just been um even more inspiring when you meet them in person it's really nice when people turn out to be better than you actually expected them to be. It's, yeah. it's such a wonderful change. <laughs> it's a lovely surprise. <laughs> I assume that you're at least as isolated as all the rest of us are right now. Oh, um, yeah. We're in lockdown. I live in New York City, so we are in lockdown now, definitely. Now I, I wonder, because of that, what are you reading this week? Or better question is probably what haven't you read yet? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, the good thing is that uh, last year I actually got a Kindle for the first time. And so now I can also read on that in addition to the many, many, many books that I've already um, 
stocked up on. But I will say some of my favorite bookstores, uh, there's one in uh, New York called Q and Willow, where if you order from them, they'll mail anything out for just a dollar shipping, like media mail, you can order 10 books from them, Mm -hmm. and it'll just be $1 shipping. So there are some stores that are doing terrific things right now. So believe me, I have plans to load up on more books um, very soon. But um, the ones that I've just read, I just finishing Jess Lowry's Unspeakable Things, Mm -hmm. which is a terrific book. It came out at the beginning of this year. And it's um, a story told from the point of view of a 12-year-old girl who's in a town where um, crimes are being committed against young boys. Boys are sort of going missing and coming back, and there are whispers about what happened to them. And it's just such a darkly compelling story. It's a wonderful read. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm not quite at the end yet, but I would highly recommend it based on what I have read so far. And I'm reading a short story collection as well um, by Nikki Dolson called Love and Other Criminal Behavior. And it isn't out yet. It'll be out in the fall, I want to say, either late summer or the fall. I'm lucky enough to get an advanced read of it. But it's a collection of short stories. And um, some of the stories involve boxing, uh, kind of that whole Mm -hmm. world of boxers that I do not know. But it is compelling. And she just writes these characters so vividly that you're grabbed within the first sentence of the stories. You're just grabbed. So I am enjoying that right now. Um, And then I'm also writing, uh, I'm at work on a new book right now and I've got about two months left to finish that so some of my reading is also directed on some of the themes in that book too. Now I think uh, you alluded to it uh, to it earlier that you would trust Detective Sterling um, to investigate crimes and I wonder if Detective Sterling wasn't available and god forbid it should come to pass but if you were to wake up tomorrow and find that you've been murdered. Oh no. can't work the case to whom would you assign your own homicide oh wow so that 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 is a really good question gavin (laughs) i'm going to i'm going to give a couple of answers based on whether it's a case that a cop can work or whether we'd need to get a private investigator Mm -hmm. um involved and uh, one of the series that i just love is rachel housel hall's series about eloise norton um, lou norton who's a cop working Mm -hmm. um, in los angeles and i would really um definitely i would want to call on her she's a very sharp character (laughs) and i think would be an amazing investigator um, I would also, I mentioned V.I. Warshawski already, certainly in the realm of private investigators, um, you know, that is a great one. So if you needed to call a private investigator into a case. Um, and another, honestly, if you, if you had to go for revenge, this is a whole other angle that you didn't really ask about. But um, a terrific writer like named Chris, yeah, Chris Holm wrote a book called The Killing Kind. And it's about a hitman who only kills other hitmen. And oh, so like if, there, yeah, if there was somebody who took me out, I would really want his main character to uh, <laughs> intervene. Whoever took me out needs to be taken out by, you know, by, um, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I'm blanking on the, uh, the character's name. The book is The Killing Kind. And it's, I think, Michael Hendricks is his main character. Okay. So yeah, I'd highly recommend that too. And all of those are just amazing reads as well. Yeah, if if we were to lose to lose you to be taken out like that, it would be truly two nations that that would be mourning your loss. So we, would, <laughs> we need that. I know. That is very kind of you to say. Or you could say there'd be two nations worth of suspects too. So <laughs> could go either <laughs> way, Gavin. To... It could go either way. <laughs> we're going to need a task force then. 
I greatly appreciate you making time to come on the Thriller Fix book podcast, Hillary, and to share your thoughts about Don't Look Down and uh, your characters and where you're headed next. I'm, I'm really, really excited about this read, and I know the reader's going to really enjoy it. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to talk to you.